Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we are talking about movies. We're going to be talking about The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, Wonka, Leave the World Behind, and so much more. And Renee is back to join me. Hi, Renee. How's it going? Hello, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. We are right into the holiday season, right before Christmas. So I'm so glad that you could take the time to be with me today. I I am really grateful to you. Of course. I love it. (laughs) You know, I love talking movies, shows, whatever with you. Yeah, I love it too. All right. So we're going to dig in. We're going to talk about The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, because we both have seen this movie and... I had seen it when it was released and you saw it just most recently and you kept saying, oh, I really want to talk about this uh, because you were such a fan of the book, which we'll get into in a little bit. But we're going to talk about this and then we'll dig into a couple of other movies and give other TV and movie recommendations. But for the main movies that we talk about, I will put a breakdown in the show notes of the timestamp so that people, if you haven't seen it or you have seen it or you don't want spoilers, you can jump ahead because we are going to talk about this particular movie. We're going to talk about all of it. With that, a lot of these movies are from books. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, question of the day, what is your favorite recent book? Well, it ties in because it's Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I've been very lax in my reading this year. I usually read a lot and I just haven't this year. Um, just been busy and things. And so that I re actually reread it before I watched the movie so I could be ready for it. Just compare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, kind of as a refresher, but I just, I really love the story overall. And, you know, it's about the 10th Hunger Games, but it's, you know, where the uh, mentors are first introduced, which is an interesting concept. You know, it's new for the Hunger Games in their 10th anniversary of it, but it's basically Snow's origin story and it shows the big, you know, it tells of him and his beginnings of becoming this villain that we eventually see, you know, in the Hunger Games trilogy of books and movies. So that was the most recent one I read. And just because I was trying to do as a refresher before the movie. So yeah, and that's kind of been my, maybe one of my very few books I've read this year. (laughs) Well, I don't read that often either because I'm always watching TV and movies. (laughs) That's my relaxation. Seriously, I just love to do it. It just fills me. And so I love, Mm -hmm. I love it. But I do get during the holiday season, I specifically ask for a couple of books that I am going to be reading during the holiday season. And uh, one of them will be Matthew Perry's memoir. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to reading that. And also Jada Pinkett Smith's memoir Mm. uh, called Worthy. So I'm going to be reading both of those, but I haven't read them yet. (laughs) But I really do tend to like memoirs. So I would say the last book that I read is Viola Davis's memoir, Mm. which is Finding Me. And incidentally, she is in this movie. So it's just kind of crazy, right? But <laughs> um, right in. yes, but oh my gosh, to, to read about her life, what she's been through her upbringing, I had no idea. And just how she made it into the business and how mm-hmm. she was extremely poor poverty, um, even in college. So oh, wow. for her to get, you know, have this outlet and to be um, become this phenomenal actress as she is, is just so amazing. So I would highly recommend anyone to pick up that book because it's really well done. Um, oh, and yeah. So mm-hmm. friends out there, let us know what you are reading. We would love to know. You can reach us on any of our social media. And of course, you can get to all of that at our website at screensandfocus.com or in the show notes, because we would love to hear what you are reading right now. Okay, let's get to it. So I thought maybe we would touch upon 
the Hunger Games trilogy before we dig into the movie, just to Mm -hmm. remind ourselves. And I actually went back and watched the first movie and the third movie because it's been a long time (laughs) since I watched it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in the dystopian world of Pan Am, Katniss Everdeen volunteers for her sister in this televised death match, The Hunger Games. After winning, Katniss faces more chaos in the quarter quell and becomes the face of rebellion against the capital, bringing together the districts for one massive showdown. And the trilogy is a roller coaster of survival and defiance and tough calls and these alliances and rebellions and just this quest for freedom. So I don't know how long ago you watched any of these, Renee, but what did you think of the trilogy as a whole? Were there any moments that stood out to you or anything that stood out to you? I actually watch the movies often because I love them so much. I've, I've reread all three books several times. I, I just, I always love dystopian themes. I'm very drawn to that in books or movies or any shows. Yeah. I, I just, I, and I think because it's always the catastrophe that sends him in that dystopian world is always yeah. something unique for each story. But it's also then you also get to see the unique ways that the survivors acclimate to whatever the cat- catastrophe was. So it's just always very, um, you know, maybe I'm taking notes in case something happens. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, yeah. Like how to survive kind of thing. Yeah. But no, it's just always intriguing to me because I always feel like, the, you know, something could really happen, you know, and, you know, it's just interesting to see all these different takes on it. But the Hunger Games as a whole, I really, really liked what they did. You know, I loved the books. I read the books very quickly because the move, first movie was coming out. My son had all three books. And I thought, well, I better read these, read this first one before I see the movie. And I ended up reading all three of them within days, like four or five wow. days. I read all three because I was so like, I got to find out what happens. And then, you know, you got to start seeing the movies and things. But, you know, I've as absurd as the the Hunger Games, the games itself is that, you know, they're punishing for their past rebellion and things. It's, it just brings all this more division and everything. But it's it's such a, an amazing concept. It's very, you know, a very unique thing, you know, to put in a story is this these children killing each other. Yeah. They're forced to do it. It's just crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I, and I love that because that was a very unique take on, you know, this dystopian world and things. So I just, yeah, I just really, really love it all, all around. <laughs> you make me want to go read the books. Seriously, just hearing you <laughs> describe that. I'm like, I want to go read those and maybe I'll branch out and do that. I don't know. Yeah. I think that would I be a good idea. It, yeah. <laughs> Well, and so you know this world so much better than me because I've only seen the movie. So I can Mm -hmm. only go off what I, you know, what I'm watching. I do remember when it first came out. I remember Jennifer Lawrence uh, because, you know, she just busted on the scene. It was just this kick-ass young woman stepping up for her sister. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that is what stood out to me was her boldness, her bravery, her courageousness, her, you know, wanting to survive and, and, you know, all of that. And of course, it reminds me of The Walking Dead that we talk about often, (laughs) because we love that show. But as I was talking about mentioning all the themes, I thought we talk about these all the time. (laughs) And you're right. Are we trying to prepare ourselves for the future? (laughs) What's happening? And not to jump too far ahead, but when we talk about Leave the World Behind, the Julie Roberts Mm. film that's on Netflix that we'll talk about later on, I thought the same thing. It's like (laughs) we're we're dealing with what would you do? What would you do in this circumstance? And I think that's what draws all of us, right? It's Mm. like, what would we do? What type of person would we be? How would we handle it? Because watching all these kids, a Mm. lot of them are kids, teens, they all handle it different. They all react differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the girls, I think it's the third film. Now I'm getting so confused, right? She eats the berries mm-hmm. and and basically kills herself, right? Instead of mm-hmm. dealing with what is happening. So yeah, that's the second one, yeah. Is it yeah? So mm-hmm. there's just so many things that 
people just don't know how they will do and mm-hmm. how they handle it. And I think that's what draws us to watching all these. But again, spoiler alerts here, but to see Katniss uh, stand up for her sister and mm-hmm. because they call it because basically they're calling people's names mm-hmm. out of each district, the 12 districts to to uh, a female and a male uh, mm-hmm. to go fight. And there's supposed to be one lone victor out of all mm-hmm. of this. So all the kids have to kill each other to survive. <laughs> and so Primrose or Prim, she should call her Prim. Yeah, she usually calls her Prim. Prim. Prim is selected. And Mm -hmm. Katniss says, you know, no, I'm volunteering. And they say, oh, this is the first time someone has ever volunteered before. Mm -hmm. So that, again, also shows you the bravery. After Mm -hmm. all these decades that they have done this. Just in 12, that's the only person who's ever Uh, in 12. Because in one and two, they often volunteer because they have the trained, the kids who have gone through the training, ah, unofficial okay. training. Because, you know, one and two are much more prepared for this. You know, they've got much more resources and things like that. And I, and it was, uh, it was actually the first movie when the girl ate the berries because she didn't know. I just one. thought about okay. that. It was the first one. And, um, because, uh, she didn't know, you know, uh, yeah. Katniss knew that they were, you know, would kill you. And yeah, so that was, I had wanted to correct myself because I was wrong. (laughs) Okay. See, I don't even know. I said, (laughs) why is she, why are they showing the berries? What's happening? And my son and his girlfriend walked in and uh, they're like, because they, okay. So they made me believe that the young girl knew about the berries because she was looking at it on some chart or was she talking about Katniss knowing about the berries? Somebody was so, talking about the berries and knowing about them. But to be honest, I don't okay. know who it was. In the first, and maybe there, there's a different part that I'm not remembering, but in the first one, Katniss and, and, um, Peta are, they, they had announced that they could have two victors if they were from the same, uh, you know, same section. District. You know, District, thank you. Uh-huh. And so then that's when Katniss went to look for him. So they're trying, they're trying to survive together because they're still the lone victor. You know, they could survive together and both become victors because they're from the same district. So they were gathering things and they split up. And when they, when she came back, she saw these berries and she knew they were the nightlock berries that would kill you. And the girl from another district had eaten them. They saw that they gathered and eaten them. She thought Peta ate them and was freaking out because she knew he'd be dead. So um, that's what I'm remembering, unless there's yeah. another, you know, there scene? could have been another one that I forgot. There's yeah. another and scene, so, yeah. Okay, and that's well. what at the end, then, they both hold them. That's how they, you know, they're like, oh, we, we changed our mind. Yes, I saw that part. Yeah. Yes, I recall that part, too. But yeah. now I have to go back and, and remember what part it is. And friends out mm-hmm. there, if you want to let us know what part or remind us of that part, we would love to hear from you and let us know. But um, we will touch base, uh, you and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that we can clarify that because I'm really curious yeah. uh, about that. But, um, okay, so, and the whole spoiler alert thing was, what I wanted to say was at the end, or not at the end, but in the third one, what happens with Prim? Uh, I was like, th- that is like huge, right? Mm-hmm. Because thinking well, it negates the- everything she did at the first one. It's like Ugh. she did all this stuff, and then it gives me chills. It gives me yeah. major chills. But in reality, it doesn't really negate everything because look mm-hmm. at what she's accomplished. Look yeah. at what she has done. Mm-hmm. Look where they are now. So. It's fun actually to go back and watch these movies because it has been a long yeah. time since I have seen them. So that's <laughs> great. All right. Let's dig into the ballad of songbirds and snakes because in, in this movie, we step back 64 years and it's all about President Snow's backstory. We're going to be exploring here some themes, the relationships and all the juicy details. And we're going to be talking about Lucy Gray and the stellar cast and performances. This was directed by Francis Lawrence, and it is based on the 2020 novel by Suzanne Collins, who also wrote the trilogy. So I thought it was interesting that she wrote this after, you know, more Mm -hmm. recently, which is kind of cool, right? Because you Mm -hmm. get to kind of, she could do more possibly. Right. And I don't think it would have had the, if we read this first, it wouldn't have meant anything. You know, it was like, oh, who's Snow? I don't know who this guy, you know what I mean? Knowing what we know from the three movies and books, 
reading this after that to me was more impactful because it's like now I have a vested interest in who this guy becomes. I know who he becomes. And so to see that, that was, I thought that was very, you know, I don't know if she had that planned or if she thought of it after or, you know, whatever it was, it was genius to me because as someone who is, you know, enjoys all of that so much to see this back here. Now I have an interest in it because I know what he becomes and what he does and, you know, his future. So I thought, yeah, it was very, very good. And what's interesting as you were talking about that, the fact that she picked snow Mm -hmm. to do it on, right? Because would he have been like, if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to do a prequel, what, who am I going to do it on? Would he have been the first person that you would have picked to do Mm -hmm. it on? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but Mm -hmm. it's a great choice. Yeah. It was a great choice to do it on him and to find out. And I actually really love backstories on people. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's just something I do. I appreciate it because I mm-hmm. I live for the characters and their yeah. choices. So if I can mm-hmm. learn more about somebody, it's just so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. So what did you think when you saw the movie? What did you think? So overall, I was pleasantly surprised because I was when they first announced that Tom Blythe was cast and I saw the first images and things, I was like, Oh, he doesn't look like my son. And I actually had this discussion because we both love it. So we talk a lot about the books and movies because we both love it so much. Uh, But I was like, Oh, he doesn't look like the part. He doesn't look, you know, in the beginning snows pretty, you know, he, (sighs) I don't know. I just felt he didn't look the part. You know what I mean? Like I felt like, Oh, he did. He looked too confident. He looked just, characteristics of the pictures they were showing initially i was just like oh i don't know about this but when i watched the movie i was like okay that was great they they yeah they cast snow so well and um you know the same with you know lucy gray it was like you know you had to have that right personality for that part and i thought that yeah she was phenomenal and so i loved it overall i loved you know, there was a few, you know, things they left out of the book that I felt were kind of important, but that was the same with the other ones too. There were a couple key elements that I felt they left out of the book that from the books they didn't put in the movies. I was like, well, that was kind of vital to me. It was a, you know, a vital thing they skipped over, but overall mm-hmm. it yeah. was fine, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I loved the movie. I can't, I'm excited to watch it again. I just haven't had the chance, you know, but I really want to see it again so I can focus now, you know, you've watched the initial part. Now you can kind of focus on more of the details, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I, okay. So I'm going to tell you, I went into it, not, I hadn't seen the, the rewatch the hunger games. Cause mm-hmm. I only rewatched the hunger games in the last week and a half, because mm-hmm. again, like I said, I watched this movie when it first came out. Because one of my sons had gone and seen it with his girlfriend. Then my other son said, mm-hmm. we're going to watch it. Do you want to go with us? And I said, oh, sure, I'll go. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. So I kind of went in a little bit blind because mm-hmm. to be honest, I'm sorry to say, I didn't remember anybody's name. I didn't yeah. recall who Snow was. All I know <laughs> is Katniss Everdeen. That's the yeah. only person I know. Mm-hmm. And so... I went in thinking that there's this guy. I had no idea he was Donald Sutherland in the, (laughs) you know, in the movies and what he did, who he was, whatever. So I just went. So anybody could watch this is my whole point. You could just go in and watch this. But in saying that, I kept giving him like pardons in my brain. Like, oh, why is he doing that? Oh, He's just this. He's just that. And why was I doing it? Because he's this charismatic, good-looking actor Mm -hmm. playing this role. And I'm thinking, oh, he can't be bad. He's not going to be the bad person. Oh, he's going to get framed. Oh, he's going to be whatever. And like, oh, my God, he killed that person? Um, Oh, he was just defending himself, right? So all these things are going through my mind as I am watching it mm-hmm. until I get to the end. And then I was like, well, we'll get to that in a moment. But I, yeah. I just kind of stared at the screen like, what? <laughs> what? What just happened? So that was my initial reaction to it. Yes, I want to go watch it again. Yes, I really enjoyed it. Now that I've seen the Hunger Games again, I just even more so now mm-hmm. I want to read the books. Now I just want to learn so much more. So I'm really excited. So I think it is a great prequel, a great movie. And um, I'm glad that my sons 
and and their girlfriends, you know, asked me to go and yeah. see it. And I'm glad you were talking about it and how much you love the book. So thank you to all of you guys <laughs> for having <laughs> me go see it because it was it was very good. So there were three parts to this movie, and you had reminded me of the three named parts. What what is that so again? The chapters were the mentor, the prize, and the peacekeeper, because it kind of segmented the stories, you know, like he was the mentor at the beginning because that's when they first introduced the mentors to the Hunger Games. And yeah. then the prize is, you know, like Lucy and the games part. And then the peacekeeper part was after the games and everything that went on at that point. So, yeah, let's let's talk about this, because, you know, this the first part does concentrate on young Snow's time at the Academy alongside his castmate. Sejanus Plinth and Headmaster Volumna Gall and Dean Casca Highbottom. And then, of course, like you mentioned, the second part was about the deadly games mm-hmm. and everything we saw. And then the end, that is where Lucy and Snow's relationship evolves during mm-hmm. all of that. So what parts, what do you think? Do you want to start at part one, part two, part three? Yeah. I don't care. Whatever so, you want. I, yeah. Tell me what I you think- thought about them. I think, you know, overall, you know, Snow starts out as he feels like he's this entitled person, even though they've lost a lot of their wealth and things. But the Snows are an institution in the capital. They've always been, you know, this presence there and they've just fallen on hard times. But he keeps putting on this persona that things are fine, even though like, you know, high bottom, he knows because he was friends with, we find out later he, they were, he was like best friends with his dad. So he knows the whole story. Right. And he sees this kid putting on this, you know, airs and trying to act like everything's fine when it's absolutely not. They're very poor, but he knows that, you know, there are ways for him to, to, to move forward in the capital because it is the capital. And, you know, you just have to have that right attitude, the right, you know, and, and put on that, you know, front that things are fine. Um, so, you know, I think it's really fun to see that because when we see snow in the hunger games, he's just this force. I mean, he's a villain. He's ruthless. He's just all these things that this kid is not, you know, at this point, (laughs) you know, right. Cause he's only 18, right. (laughs) At this point. Yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah, so I think it's, you know, neat, but he's, you know, they subtly bring him into this villain role and, you know, he's very cunning, he's very calculated and he's, you know, he's very intelligent. So he doesn't have to do brute force type things. He's just smart. And he yeah. is, you know, almost like a chess game where he's putting his pieces into play because he knows the end game. He's going to win yeah. in the end. He just has to strategically place everything and work people to his advantage, you know? So it's really interesting to see this because the person we see later on is, you know, is just in charge of everything. And he, this kid is just trying to come into his name or whatever it is. And it's just interesting, you know, there, the, his family's motto is snow always lands on top. And I thought that was brilliant. Mm. I like what great <laughs> writing that was yeah. so good. Yeah. And I love at one point, high bottom tells him snow is falling, you know, and it was like, Oh, uh, you know, that was pretty yeah. ominous there. You know, he was yeah. like trying to warn him. So, you know, I just really loved seeing just this development of this little guy, this young kid, you know, that we know is going to be this other thing later on. Right. And so it was just, and it was just very small steps. And I loved how that just built, you know, to where by the end, you're like, okay, now I can see this. But at the beginning, like this little boy can't be, de- <laughs> right? Can't be, you know? Yes. So, yeah. And I love, you know, I really love the chemistry between Snow and Lucy Gray because they each know, they're basically using each other because they know he can do things for her. She can do for, you know, she's going to put yeah. him at the foreground, whatever. But they, you know, but I love how there you see this little, there's this little underlying attraction between them amidst all the untrust that they have for each other. You know, they're like, yeah. they're so nervous to trust each other, but that you can just tell there's a little, that chemistry, a little bit of attraction underlying. And so it's very fun to see that build into something different by the end of the, you know, it kind of goes up and down, you know, by the end of the story. And so I, yeah, I just, yeah, I just think everybody just 
did so I mean there's so much I could talk about this movie it would just bore everybody to tears but <laughs> there's just so many pieces and you know, especially if you read the book because you kind of knew what to expect from these characters and things yeah. and yeah. I just feel like the casting was just on point for this because everyone did so well at least in my expectations yeah. of what I expected these characters to be you know and so yeah yeah I just thought it was phenomenal <laughs> Yeah, it was. You know, it's interesting that everybody in this world just accepts what's happening, right? It's like, how mm -hmm. do you accept this? Like, <clears throat> they just call the names, like, every, and they're all happy, like, oh, yeah. this is going to happen. Oh, let's pick this girl, this boy. How is that so accepting? How is everybody so mm -hmm. okay with this? Yeah. And then to see people on a a televised screen because also it goes into, it kind of shows you through the first 10 years of kind of hit and miss and how it's not working and how they have to figure mm -hmm. out a new way to get people to watch, to buy mm -hmm. into all this. And actually it is him, right? That suggests yeah. that they gamble um, on they 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 yeah they um they cheer for people, they mm -hmm. bet on it, they whatever you want to call it. Yes. Mm -hmm. that, um they can give gifts to their favorite yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So it, it's, it's his idea to do it this way, which again is sort of, I guess, planting the seed of who the type of person he is. Right. Or, and it, yeah, I think like he was eight years old when this started, you know, it's been 10 years now. So he's 18. It's just for the majority of his life, it's just been a thing. It's just, oh, this just happens, especially someone from the capital. You know, when you're in the districts, it's very different, especially if you're in like three through 12, it's very different than like the capital one and two, you know? And so yeah. it's, it's, it, the capital, it's like, uh, entertainment for them. You know, it's not just, mm, you know, oh, these kids, you know, they don't know who these people are. There's no, you know, connection to them. They're just people, you know, and they hear so many, you know, the capital is just, it's all propaganda where they tell you that all these districts are just so horrible when in fact they're poverty stricken, they have no resources and the capital hides that from the capital residents. So they yeah. just think, Oh, these are horrible rebels and we have to do this, you know, and there's just schooled to believe that this is the right way to handle this. Yeah. So in all three parts, when we got to the end of the second part, all the games, and mind you, the games, I'm sure a lot of people love all that action and mm -hmm. killing and everything. It's just not my favorite part. Yeah. So when we got to the third part, I thought, oh, it's going to end soon. And it didn't. <laughs> and it, it, it went on. I actually really enjoyed that third part because I just did. That was yeah. something more that appealed to me, that mm -hmm. what was happening with everybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to bring up the two parts that because I hadn't read the books and I hadn't mm -hmm. read the, the, seen the movies in a long time, the two parts that l at that moment when I was at the movies, I was a little bit, um, you know, I questioned, wait, what's happening? What's happening? I had to come home. I had to go look it up. I had to ask everybody what was happening, but I want to bring it up because I don't know if anybody mm -hmm. else had this at the time, yeah. but it was when Snow was recording his friend. Mm -hmm. So Janus Plinth. I didn't catch, I didn't realize that he had sent that off mm -hmm. to whoever. I, I'm, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't recall that part. I don't remember. All of a sudden I knew that he was found out and they were going to hang mm -hmm. him, but I didn't know it was because of him. Yeah. So that part, I was like, I didn't, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, he did that. And then later on, Okay, I'm jumping ahead to the very end because when they decide they're going to escape Snow and Lucy, Lucy Gray, and they're walking through the woods, and then I know that he says he he's killed three people or whatever. She says three. Who's the third one? I almost thought she was doing something because she was kept asking him. And I thought, is she recording him? Is she trying to get him to admit something? So I thought she was doing yeah. something. No. <laughs> then I came to realize afterwards, because uh, then he goes and he finds the the guns. I'm like, mm -hmm. why are the guns there? So I thought she had led him there and they were going to do mm -hmm. something. But it ends up he gets rid of the guns. And then in actuality, he wants to kill her. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know he wanted to kill her. I thought he was just looking for her because he loved her. And he's all, why did she leave me? 
So it was well, part of that. Yeah. So ahead. you definitely need to read the book because the peacekeeper section, that third section is much longer, much more detailed in the book. And there's an inner dialogue. That's the hard part with a movie. There's a whole inner dialogue of him while he's searching for her. It explains what he's doing and why, where his ah, mind is, okay. which is, yeah, he's unsure. He can't trust her and all these things are happening. And so, but I have no idea. Part, yeah. Right. And that's, the, that was one thing I had about the movie was like, they needed to have that inner dialogue going on because if you didn't read the book, you didn't know what was going on. It looked like he was just out to get her, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I thought. And I didn't know, cause I read this too. <laughs> I didn't know that he was sort of like, he ate something or something. He was sort of hallucinating and thought he saw her when he shot, mm -hmm. but it really wasn't her. It was, it was it those, was that the Jabberjays too? I don't even know. I can't mm -hmm. remember mimicking her voice yeah. I, I don't I know i feel like that was like yeah that part i i feel like that might have been the case yeah but i didn't know that i thought he actually shot her or shot somebody so <laughs> i feel like there was pieces that i had to start guessing mm. at to try and figure it out of course it didn't help that i didn't really know who's no yeah <laughs> when i was watching this but um but it, now i'm just like so excited to learn so much more about it so let's go into the casting because you've talked about it a couple of times mm -hmm. uh rachel zegler i just loved her voice so much she was so amazing I had covered, I had done a podcast on West Side Story. She played Maria. Please go check out that podcast. It's very good. But, um, but I, we had talked about how amazing she was, but I didn't know how she would be in another role, mm -hmm. right? She's like 21. She's mm -hmm. amazing. I thought she sang so well and she acted so well. Just, she didn't come off just, a, typical reactions to things. I felt like there was more depth in how she was reacting, how she was portraying this role. So I think she was perfectly cast mm -hmm. as, as Lucy Gray. So I thought that that mm -hmm. was great. Uh, Hunter Schaefer is in Euphoria. And so she plays Tigress. Mm -hmm. And so, and then we, of course, we see her in the Hunger Games trilogy and what she looks like then. Yeah. And, you know, who she is. Now, I thought it was a sister, but I realize now it's his cousin, mm -hmm. uh, Snow's co cousin. Yeah. And then Viola Davis is so incredible. And I had mm -hmm. talked about her memoir and she's just so good. Um, and what she does and that whole snakes mm -hmm. thing and how evil she is and how she kind of is mentoring snow, mm -hmm. right? In a way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I'm a big fan of Peter Dinklage. So yeah. he is so also, oh, I didn't know either. I thought he poisoned himself. I didn't mm. realize that snow had poisoned him. So that was another thing that I was, um, I didn't realize till I came back and read that. I'm like, he did. I thought, uh, I I'm sorry. I can't remember Peter Dinklage's. Oh, the high bottom. High bottom. High bottom. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he, after he was telling the story about, um, you know, how he resents these games and how he, you know, carried them on or, uh, had the idea, or I don't think he ultimately had the idea, but it, he got credited. He was a game, he was a game maker for a while. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he felt a lot of regret. So I thought he was like, ah. okay, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. So mm -hmm. I thought he was like off on himself, but no, <laughs> it was that snow had, had done it. So I was like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, you're one bad dude, snow. <laughs> oh, and the last person, um, Jason as lucky flickerman. Mm -hmm. He was so funny, but he did it really well. He he yeah. just played that part really well. So mm -hmm. what did you think about any of the, those characters? Yeah, or I actors? agree with you. Yeah, like I loved So I had high hopes for Lucy Gray because in the story, you know, she's she's just a very different bird. You know, she's her own person. She's very confident. She's, you know, she's not from the district. She's part of the covey that were different. They broke away from yeah. everything. So she didn't feel a tie to the district. She was just forced into that because that's where they landed last or whatever it was. But she was very colorful. She was very, her, you know, of course her voice, that was the one thing that drew everyone to her, but she also had a good personality and she was great with talking to the kids and talking to people and trying, you know, because Snow explained to her, you know, we got to do something to play this up because 
people can send you prizes. People can send you, you know, this to that. So, yeah. you know, they're both, they know that in order to win, they got to work together and things. So I had high hopes for her. So that I thought that little, that Rachel did such a good job. And, you know, again, like I said, with snow, originally I wasn't I was sure that this Tom Blythe could do this. I just, I don't know. I just, the pictures that I saw just didn't portray what I imagined it to be like, but he, I mean, like he just, did it so well that you can see him become President Snow. Yeah, you know, yeah. you could just see that very subtle, you know, uh, transformation into that. And I love the girl who played Tigress. I have not watched Euphoria, so I've never, um, I, I've never seen her, but I loved her because, you know, she's gonna, you know, she has been supportive of Snow. She's been helpful. She's been trying, you know, doing all these things. But by the end, she sees who he really is. And she knew his father. And she says that, that you're just like your father. And that's where her resentment comes in later when we do see her. And I want to say that because there's the four, there's four movies. And I feel like she's in the third, I forget, but when they go to the Capitol, she hides them and all this. And she has all this resentment. And I read a really cool fan theory about her that that she was integral in a capitals fashion by the time, you know, cause right now it, when we see it now, it's very subdued. It's not as, a, as flamboyant as it is later on in the other movies. And yeah. I read a fan theory that the reason for that is she drew on Lucy gray and her colorful stuff and made that a thing in the Capitol oh. as a snub to him, which I love whether it's true or not. I just love that theory <laughs> because I thought that was really yeah. cool. Um, yeah. And then of course, yeah, Dr. Gall, uh, Viola Davis, she was, uh, yeah, like, in, you know, that, that is kind of a mad doctor is what that person yeah. very sadistic and very, yeah, yeah. that she just pulled it off so well. Um, yeah, he, you know, Peter Dinklage, I felt like he is, so high bottom is more of a voice of reason. He's trying to reason with these people. This is ridiculous. Why are we still doing this? this is, you know, and so I, I thought he portrayed that so well because he was kind of broody and he's, you know, drinking his little, you know, concoctions all the time and doing that. And I just felt like he really played that part well. And, um, and, and when I first saw Jason Schwartzman as this new, I forget what his first name is, but Flickerman, I was like, him and Stanley Tucci have to be related because they look so alike from those. It's like they're, you know, it's just, yes. I, I thought it was just perfect casting. And he, yeah, he did a really good job. And I feel like they made him like funny and things like that. But yet, you know, since it's years later, you know, Caesar Flickerman that Stanley Tucci paid was how many, 64 years later, yeah. they, he still had a lot of that personality, but he it was like even more advanced, you know, more, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I just, I, so I just thought overall, they just did a fantastic job with these characters, especially, you know, when you read the book and you have kind of some expectations. Yeah, right. You do. You know, I always like to read the book first because then I can put it in my brain what I think it should be and then see how it's portrayed by someone else or, you know, the, the you know, uh, casting and the creators and things. And so I just, yeah, I just felt like they did such a fabulous job and just to have this talent in this you know i mean you don't always get i mean like the hunger games a lot of those they hadn't really we didn't really know much about jennifer lawrence you know and yeah she became you know amazing but yeah like these characters you know most of these actors were familiar with them and other roles and things so yeah yeah, i was yeah i just thought it was fabulous it is it's a good movie so yeah. If you haven't seen it, we spoiled everything for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just go watch it again because I definitely mm-hmm. am going to watch this again and I'm mm-hmm. going to possibly attempt to read the books. We'll see what I happens re- there. Yeah. Especially since you enjoyed that final part so much. There's so much more. They, they really rushed it, you know, because I guess there was talk of making it two movies like they did with The Mockingjay. Yes. But, I heard that. Um, I, I'm kind of glad they didn't because I'm not sure it would have made two movie, you know, I don't know that it could, I mean, there's a lot more to go with that. I final liked part, it. But I, yeah. I liked it the yeah. way it was, like I said, because mm-hmm. the whole killing part, the kids killing each other, yeah. or, I don't know. It's just, if it had ended like after that, I would have been like, hmm. <laughs> kind of a downer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, like I said, I much preferred the, that third part of it. So yeah. And I just yeah, thought it was well-rounded in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. glad it had, and I actually like, part one, part two, part three. I, I don't mind that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that I'm fine with that. I'm sure some people are probably annoyed with that, but I'm good with that. I've seen that in a couple of movies recently. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention that the singer songwriter, Olivia Rodrigo, who is so popular, yeah. uh, wrote and performed the song. Can't catch me now. 
So that's cool. is there anything else you want to say about the movie before we move on? No, to I next? just recommend you see it. And I recommend, yeah, if you, you know, read the book at one point, because I just, there's a lot more in there. And there's a couple parts that they did leave out that didn't really make or break the movie, but they're, they're, they're pretty important pieces when, you know, the whole, in the story overall, I guess. All right. <laughs> oh, so fun. Okay. We are going to talk about Wonka a little bit because uh, Renee hasn't seen this. So I'm not going to spoil a whole lot, but I do want to talk about it because I just saw it. I loved it. <laughs> I loved Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, the original movie in mm-hmm. 1971, then with Gene Wilder, and then 2005 with Johnny Depp. I just rewatched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 1971 version, because I wanted to, because right before I went to go watch Wonka, because I wanted to watch it again. It's on Max. I just really enjoyed it again. I just did. I just, Gene Wilder is perfect, perfect in this role. And even the actor who plays Charlie, Mm -hmm. uh, this was the only acting role he ever did. After this, he became a veterinarian. So (laughs) he's just like, okay, I did this and now I'm away. He got picked out of like thousands of kids to do it. Mm But they picked him. He was great. And then Jack Albertson plays the grandpa uh, was in this. And I just, it was such a good movie. I just Mm -hmm. would recommend people go back and watch the original. Renee, have you watched any of the, any of the movies or what are your thoughts on any of the movies? Yeah, the original, we watched, you know, like, you know, we're from the age where, we didn't have the VCR, you know, when we were little, yeah. little, we didn't have VCRs in that. So it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's on TV. So it was like a big production. It was a big thing, you know, that we yeah. sat in front of the TV and waited for it to come on and that. And so, yeah, we watched it several times as kids. And then, you know, later on we watched it again and we're, we're one of those families that sing through the whole thing and kind of stuff. And I actually got to go to my husband, my daughter and I got to go to the Alma draft house in Omaha to a uh, movie party of, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Mike TV and Veruca Salt were actually there. So they did a question oh, and answer. Oh my God. We got to meet yeah. them, get their autographs and get our picture taken with them. So it was really, that was just a few years ago. So that was really, really fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That does sound like yeah. a lot of fun. So yeah. So I love the original and I, I love Johnny Depp's version as well. You know, I love that. I just, it was a different take on it. And I know people were, you know, oh, one's better, you know, more of, I think the Johnny Depp one go follows the book more or whatever, or, you know, whatever. But I just thought they were both really, they were very, just very different and very good. And I love, I just love both of them. So I want to see the other one, just the third one here, because I just enjoyed the first two and, and I love the story, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So this movie is a prequel. Mm-hmm. So it is not the same story mm-hmm. of those two. It is not from that book. It yeah. is Wonka coming, you know, into this uh, land and wanting to be a chocolatier, Mm -hmm. just being a young magician. And, uh, and it goes into his his backstory. He's just a Mm -hmm. young man trying to make it. And it's a new story. It is so well done. It feels magical and whimsical. I loved it so much. I'm a big fan of Timothy Chalamet anyway. I want to watch anything he's in. So the fact that he was in this, I'm like, I'm going to watch it. Hugh Grant, I saw him as an Oompa Loompa in trailers. He made me laugh so hard. I will tell you, he's not in it a whole lot, but his Mm -hmm. role, his portion in it just is so good. (laughs) This is truly a musical. There is a lot, not a lot, not a lot, lot. People aren't singing Mm -hmm. um, their words or anything. He's just, they're just singing songs, Mm -hmm. but the song, it's more songs than the, the other, Mm -hmm. uh, the original film. I just really like the story. It's just a new story. It is a fun story. The songs are catchy. They're well-written. They're good. They're catchy, but they also, the words mean something to you. They're a play on words. It kind Mm -hmm. of reminds me of, you know, Roald Dahl, who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Mm -hmm. originally. It just has this um, sense about it that just is so, like, just makes you want to have fun and be a kid mm-hmm. and just live in this fantasy world. And that's what this movie gives you. And so what it is, is Charlie comes to this place and there is basically a chocolate cartel. 
And he, nobody wants to allow him to be a chocolatier. And he ends up looking for a place to sleep at night and he signs his life away and becomes indebted to this woman who is played by Olivia Coleman. She is so good as the bad lady who, who takes these people and has them work for her. And so it's all corrupt. Everything's corrupt. So they can't, you know, they have to work together. Uh, this, you know, him and the friends that he makes here. And he also meets this orphan named Noodle. And it's really about her. She has a lot of heart. She's a great actress. And it's just really well done. The songs are great. I highly recommend it. Timothy Chalamet does sing Pure Imagination near the end. And I was moved. I had tears in my Aww. eyes. <laughs> and if you listen to it, if you go Google it anywhere, just the way Timothy Chalamet sings, just those lines gets to me. Like, I want to own this song or I want to listen to the whole soundtrack track because it is so good. Uh, it's just a great a movie. It's just perfectly cla- cast. Um, Timothy Chalamet has a lot of charisma and I think he's a good singer. I kind of mm-hmm. heard some reviews are like, oh, he's not that great. But he can sing. I mean, I mm-hmm. can't sing. So the fact that he can, I'm listening to him. So, yeah. And there is an end uh, piece where the Oompa Loompa song does appear too. And that's fun. So that is what I have to say. I just highly recommend it. So please go watch it because I am a Wonka fan. <laughs> All right. We're going to move into other movies that we have seen. And we both have seen Leave the World Behind. Mm-hmm. With Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali. So good. I, I want to hear what you have to say about it, but I just want to say that I really enjoyed this movie. I know some people were a little confused by the ending. I thought it was so great. What did you think about the movie? I really enjoyed it. When I saw the um, trailer, I thought, wow, this looks very intriguing, you know, just because you see there's a ship thing that happens. And, you know, when that was with the trailer I saw had that and I'm like, what is going on kind of thing, you know? And so, uh, you know, as my husband suggested, we watch, I'm like, sure, let's check this out. You know, I always love Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke, you know, no big deal. So yeah, it was really good. And I, and I think the ending is kind of, you know, I can see where people were a little confused and things. And I think you can kind of interpret it kind of how you want, you know, like, you know, what do you think kind of thing? But again, it was this, catastrophe type thing happening, watching how they acclimate to it, the tension that builds the, you know, one person wants to do things one way, one person wants to do another yeah. way and just yeah. all how they do all that. And I, yeah, I just thought it was very well done. And I, I was, I was, you know, kind of riveted the whole time, you know, where I was like, Me okay, too. what's happening next? Yeah. So I, I did, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, one thing I want to mention that I really like Mahershala Ali a lot mm-hmm. as an actor yeah, and when I watched The Hunger Games, he was in the <laughs> the, the third one, uh-huh. Mockingjay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was part of that, and I'm like, oh my god, he's in there. So it was just so funny watching him there and watching him there. I love him. Uh, he plays true in the True Detective series, which I really love. Which I'm looking forward to. Jodie Foster's in the next, the fourth or fifth, oh. whatever season. But anyway, he's one of the detectives there, and I've seen him in other things. I just really mm-hmm. enjoy watching him. But anyway, back to the three of these people, because if if you haven't watched it, we're not going to really give anything too much away for this, because we do want you to watch it. But you know, Julie Roberts and her family uh, rent a house. And they go to this house, but strange things start to happen, right? Like you're not sure what is happening. <laughs> and Mahershala Ali, it's his house and something's happening to the world. And so he comes back there because the city is packed, meaning New York City. It's like mayhem and everything. So he mm-hmm. wants to come back to the house. But then Julie Roberts says, I'm not letting you back in your in your house. And of course, daughters, all oh, this is our house. You know what I mean? We can't come in here. And so you have sort of this tension between them, mm-hmm. which is very interesting because the role that Mahershala Ali plays, he's a he's a nice guy. And mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke, he's a nice guy. So they are both trusting of people. But you see, you know, Julie Roberts isn't trusting of people. Mm-hmm. The um, the daughter who, 
you know, has a different personality too, which is great. She's great. I'm, yeah. Unfortunately, I can't recall her name, but she's a great actress too. Mm-hmm. And then they have two kids that are prominent in this, you know, in this movie. They have a daughter and a son. The daughter's younger. But the daughter keeps noticing all these animals, like all mm-hmm. these deer coming around, like, like I mean, a lot of deer, yeah. which is scary, mm-hmm. right? Because when you know animals can sense things. So when you see a huge amount of animals around you staring at you, you're like, holy crap, <laughs> what is happening? The world is ending now. But what I love about all of this, and I know you probably loved it too, was this theme of friends. Because this young girl was watching friends on her iPad. (laughs) But when they get to the house, the internet isn't working, technology isn't working right. Well, she wants to know what happens to the cast of friends? What happens to Ross and Rachel? And she is just dying to know, right? And, you know, with with both of us, Renee, you and I being huge Friends fans, it makes so much sense. And again, I'm not going to give it away, but <laughs> that part plays prominently mm-hmm. in the end. And that's why I think for me personally, that is why I think the ending was absolutely <laughs> perfect because <laughs> yes, it's very ambiguous. You don't really know mm-hmm. what's happening, but in my mind, I kind of know, you know, mm-hmm. what I think is yeah. where the world is going to at this part. But even if the whole world might be having stuff happen to it, the fact that this little bit of closure happens, that is why it was satisfying to me, mm-hmm. having that little bit of closure there. So I thought it was, I thought that that part was really cool. I do want mm-hmm. to bring up that Kevin Bacon is also in this. He plays a smaller yeah. role. He's kind of a conspiracy theorist yeah. type of person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a part where Ethan Hawke tries to go off looking for what's happening. And, he, and this uh, woman that only speaks Spanish is at, trying to get help from him and, and his decision of what, how he reacts to mm-hmm. her and then, you know, his actions. I, there's just a lot of it. And it did, like I said, remind me of other shows like The Walking Dead and and Hunger Games, just making decisions, your mm-hmm. um, you know, will to survive and and keep your family safe and what you're willing to do and and how you approach it all. So I just thought this movie was just really good. I just really yeah. liked it. All right. So is there anything else you want to say about that movie? No, not at all. You're that good? was great. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let me know what other movies you are watching or TV shows. Well it hasn't been movies, it's been shows. So I'm going off topic here a little, but I watched one on Netflix called School Spirits. And it's about this girl who, you know, these, these, the, I always hate saying too much, but the, the premise of it is, is when people die, they, they stay where they died. So if you died at your house, you have that, you know, you, you, you're like there, but you can't leave kind of thing. So basically this girl is at the school and she's seeing all these people and she doesn't know what's going on. And and come to find out she has to like solve her own mystery, you know, what's going on with her because she can see all these people and this is happening and what, and people, you know, she's missing and the other realm kind of thing. I don't, yeah. So it, it was just really, really good. I loved it. It's just, a, you know, it's like a teen series. So it wasn't like this, you know, deep in depth kind of thing. It's all these kids at the high school and stuff like that, but it was really good. I really enjoyed the concept of it and everything. So I recommend, I don't want to, I'm always leery of saying too much because then I don't want to be that person that gives away something. I should. <laughs> <laughs> and it ended very nicely where it could be finished or they could keep going, you know, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so I love I that, like you that. know? Um, but yeah, so I recommend that one. And then, um, I did watch the first episode of obliterated, which is off the wall, crazy crass, um, yeah. <laughs> comedy uh, action. It's whole, this is the first episode I laughed and laughed and, you know, being walking dead fans, Paolo Lazaro is in yep. it. And so is C Thomas Howell, who played a small role in the walking dead, but most people know him from the outsiders as pony boy. Yeah. So, you know, so it was just fun to see those two in there because 
you know, were fond of them from The Walking Dead and stuff. So, yeah. yeah so the, I didn't watch any more of it because I was going to see if my husband wanted to watch it with me because it's just, yeah, it's hilarious. I recommend if you can handle funny and very crass, um, you know, just warning there, you know, yes. very, very R-rated. Um, yes. <laughs> it continues in that pattern from what I've read. Um, so just, you know, be mindful of that. But if you can handle all that, it's hilarious. <laughs> So I saw three or four episodes of okay. this, I think, I I believe, because I turned it on mm-hmm. because I knew Paola, mm-hmm. I can't even say her name. Paola. She was in it and I wanted to see her and I thought, oh, I'm going to support her. I'm going to go watch yeah. this. Also, it is from the creators of Cobra Kai, which yes. I love that mm-hmm. series. So I'm like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to watch it. But what's interesting, I thought what was happening was really like silly and stupid. And like you said, crass, but for some reason I couldn't turn it off. I'm like, why? This is so stupid. Why am I watching it? It's almost like funny, stupid, or I don't even, I don't even want to say smart, stupid. It is like beyond stupid, but it's well done, like produced well, like how they spent money on this, right? Just, it's crazy. So just the premise is that these people solve, you know, there's some government entity and they solve things from getting bombed, right? So that they prevent a bombing happening. But what ends up happening if it's a decoy, they don't realize it was a decoy, but they're celebrating because they think they're patting themselves on the back. And they're in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So they get drunk. They get high. They do all kinds of drugs and, and all that having sex with each other. All this stuff <laughs> is happening. And then they get a call from their, the head guy saying, uh, no, that was a decoy. You need to go find the right one. And then they are trying, they're zooming with the, with the main guy and they're trying to act like sober. Yeah, they're sober. And it's hysterical. There's a, a giraffe or camel, a camel, I think in the battle. And the, the guy's all, what is that? It was just hilarious. It's hilarious. A little bit of hangover in there, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, and then it goes from there and it's just crazy. It's really crazy. But like I said, I've only seen three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's more eight. Yeah. I don't even know yeah, how many eight. there are. So, but it is, yeah, pretty crass too. So you got to know <laughs> that going in. So. But uh, fun if that's, uh, if that, if you want to watch some yeah, kind you of can crazy handle that, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, I also rewatched Barbie, which is on Max. It just came out this weekend. Mm-hmm. I watched it again. I loved it again. I was a fan of Barbie the first time around. I'm a fan of Barbie the second time around. I got teary eyed again with America Ferrera saying her line, you know, that monologue that she does. And uh, I just really enjoy this movie. I think it's really good. I just, I, I hope it wins some awards. I, I think it's been nominated. I'm sure. Yeah, it's been nominated. Awards. Yeah. So I'm hoping when that comes around that it wins a slew of them because I th- mm-hmm. just think it's really, really good. Okay. But I also want to share with you that I saw the family plan on Apple TV plus with Mark Wahlberg, Michelle Monaghan and Zoe Coletti, who mm-hmm. is, was on fear of the walking dead. So, and we love saying all those people that we've seen (laughs) in the movies that we see, but I'm going to tell you the family plan. I thought, okay, it's just that typical Mark Wahlberg was an assassin. Now he's a family. What's going to happen? It's going to be very predictable, which it kind of is, but I do want to say it had some layers Mm-hmm. And I liked it because it had some layers. Did you watch this, Renee? Not chance? yet. We it's on our okay. it's in our list. I'm hoping to do it soon. Yeah. So it was cute. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I liked it. He has a relationship. He tries to hide again. It's another Vegas thing. They go yeah. to Vegas, <laughs> and he's trying to hide from his family mm-hmm. what he has done. They don't have any idea. Like yeah. they've lived with him because he used to live this life. Then he went to be a family man, but now it's caught his. You know his yeah. back. Is caught up to him. And so, but now he's trying to hide it from him. He's supposed to tell him that <laughs> he can't and he hides it. And it's what happens with, with him and all of that. So it's a, it's a very, it's, I liked it. It was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was good. I, it wasn't, <laughs> it's silly, but it was just a slightly above silly. I just thought yeah. it had, it had something. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a nice movie. So I really appreciated that. 
All right. That is our recommendations for you. So Renee and I are going to talk about holiday movies, but I'm going to make that a bonus episode. So I'm hoping that you'll just stay tuned, look for it. Uh, it'll be separate from this podcast episode, but uh, check it out because we do have a couple of recommendations for you. <laughs> but friends out there, let us know your thoughts on any of these movies or anything else you're watching because uh, we want to hear from you. Again, if you have any feedback, any recommendations, you can call us at Screens and Focus Google Voice 669-223-8542 or get in touch with us through social media. All of that is in our show notes and also on our website at screensandfocus.com. And I also want to remind you to follow Renee here because she writes for Undead Walking and, and I have her link in the show notes. So did you want to say anything about that, Renee? Um, just, un yeah, we're redoing some things there. They're going to, our site is going to be new. We're switching, um, from WordPress to Voltax. So our site is going to be new here. Probably, I think tomorrow afternoon, I think it'll oh, go live again. Okay. So it's, it looks, uh, everything's a lot more streamlined and it, you know, just, you know, you get a better visual of all the articles that we write and things. So yeah, so check it out. Thursday, maybe that way, make sure it's all new and everything. So yeah, it's exciting for us to make this transition. And seriously, Renee writes the best articles. They're, <laughs> they're just, you know, that's so informative. And it's their short reads. It's not like you have to mm -hmm. read like tons and tons. It's like good. It's like enough. It's great. <laughs> um, so uh, please check that out because yes, um, those you. are great. So all right. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us today. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in. And we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website at screensandfocus.com and tell a friend because we would love more members of our TV club. You can reach us again on our website at screensandfocus.com. And I want to wish everyone happy holidays and just thank you for tuning into Screens in Focus and keep watching, keep exploring and keep those screens in focus. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.